0: And welcome to another edition of Wizards Half. This is mini episode 47.5. These are the episodes where we get into all the details still waiting in the pages of Wizard Magazine for us to enjoy and boy do we have plenty to get into this time around. I hope you enjoyed our main episode with our guests Paxton Holly and Sean Robert from the Cult Film Club podcast and hey happy new year geeks you know 2021 for all the problems that may have been going on. It was great for the podcast. I feel like." It was a great escape for all of us, the hosts, and for you, the listener. The podcast really grew. We got in touch with some great people from Wizard itself, and Toy Fair, and Inquest, and all the others. Plus, we got to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Wizard Magazine, so there was a lot to appreciate and look back on, but 2022, we've got even more fun surprises in the works. So stay tuned, but I'm ready to find out what there is to win in this issue, so let's check out Caps Cookie. Contests. Alright, he's on the cover, so of course he's gonna have his own contest. This one's titled Dreadlocks. This summer, if you break the law, dread'll break you. So in an effort to keep you off the streets and out of trouble, Wizard has joined forces with a bunch of swell folks to bring you some of the coolest stuff from one of the summer's hottest flicks. Free! Sponsored by Wizard Acclaim and Edge Entertainment, this contest, Blast Butt. Uh, Wizard? I, I think Blast Butt means something very different. And uh, depending on what people thought of the movie... And knowing what most people thought of the movie, maybe that is accurate. (laughs) Alright, well, let's get into it here. Grand prize. One winner walks away with a rocket Super NES video game system and a Judge Dredd video game for the SNES from Acclaim, a box of Judge Dredd movie cards from the hard-hitting Edge Entertainment set, as well as an uncut sheet signed by that Sly Stallone fella who plays Dredd in the film, a copy of the intense Judge Dredd cover edition of Wizard No. 47 signed by cover artist Simon Bisley, and a thousand... And spug credits from Edge Entertainment's Judge Dread Spug set, redeemable for loads of wicked dread stuff. Spugs, a thousand spug credits. Okay, I'm going to assume that that is the currency in the Judge Dread universe. But. Sp- bugs. I mean, to me, it just sounds like some, like, off-brand Pog set. Anyway, second prize, Ted runners-up come away with a copy of Wizard number 47 signed by Simon Bisley, 100 Spug credits from the Judge Dread Spug set, a box of Judge Dread movie cards from the Edge Entertainment set, and a Judge Dread video game cartridge from Acclaim. But if you're a third prize winner, you get a box of Judge Dread movie trading cards from Edge Entertainment. Well, good enough. Now, you want to know how to get some of this awesome stuff? Simple. Answer the three Judge Dread questions, which should be easy if you know anything about the Vicious Lawman. On the coupon below, fill out the rest of the coupon, toss it in an envelope or something, and mail all that to Judge Dread Movie Contest. Alright, well here are the three questions. What artist is famous for his work on the Judge Dread comic? Well, I read those early issues, and I have to believe that it's Brian Boland. So, let's see. Number two, what city is Dread in charge of protecting? Mega City 1, right? And number three, would dread approve of the death penalty uh yeah <laughs> ooh this is pretty easy to win this one all right well let's check out the fine print in rules from the law Contest is open to anyone except employees of Wizard Press, Collector's Edge, Acclaim, their immediate families, and people who smoke in bed or near children. Dread would be on your butt in no time. Well, Judge Dread or RoboCop. Hmm. Anyway. Offer void were prohibited, regulated, or restricted by law in a manner inconsistent with the purpose and rules hereof. If there's any actor we envy, it's Stallone. He's co-starred with so many babes. Sharon Stone? Oh. Terry Hatcher? Oh ho. And Estelle Getty? Oh. (laughs) All right, it comes in threes. That's pretty good, Wizard. On to the next contest. And wouldn't you know it, we were talking comic book movies, and this one deals with that as well. Batman Forever for everyone. Batmania is once again sweeping the nation, thanks to June's Batman Forever movie. And now, like before, you either have to get some cool bat stuff or be considered a mort. So in an effort to make you as unmortish as possible, without you having to spend all kinds of bucks picking this stuff up, your Wizard friends have teamed up with some good folks to give you loads of free stuff. This awesome contest sponsored by Wizard, Fleer Acclaim, and DC Comics. What a crew! So, I gotta say though, Wizard, you know, you just ended the run of Mort of the Month, and here we are talking about Mort's again, just rubbing salt in the wound. Alright, but let's see what you had to offer. For the grand prize, one hotshot wins an SNES game system and a Batman Forever game cartridge from Acclaim, an uncut Batman Forever metal press sheet signed by one of the artists, as well as a complete set of Batman Forever cards, including chase cards, from Fleer. And this essential must-have bunch of classic Bat-books from DC, Batman Vengeance of Bane signed by Chuck Dixon, Batman Sword of Azrael trade paperback signed by Joe Quesada, Batman Venom, Batman Birth of the Demon, Batman Ten Knights of the Beast, Batman A Death of the Family, Batman Gothic, Batman Full Circle, Batman The Last Angle, Batman Vs. Predator The Collected Edition, Batman The Cult, Batman Nightfall, and Batman Greatest Stories Ever told trade paperbacks and the batman knight's end and batman troika the new era of batman collector sets Whew. second prize 10 runners-up take home a batman forever video game cartridge from acclaim a copy of dc's batman forever prestige format movie adaptation comic and from the flare batman forever metal card set an uncut metal press sheet and a complete set of chase cards wow so that is a whole lot of bat fun even if you weren't there for the video game or the cards you You sure got a lot of 90s era Batman stories collected there, so that's pretty crazy. And how do you win all this keyed stuff? Simple. All you gotta do is fill out that official Batman Forever entry coupon below, jam that bad boy in a stamped envelope, and mail the critter off to Batman Forever Contest. Alright, now let's take a look at the fine print here. Same bat text, same bat copy. Contest is open to anyone except employees of Wizard Press, Fleer, Acclaim, DC Comics, their immediate families, and any of them Hollywood weasels who want their cyborg killer penguins from Batman Returns back in Batman Forever. (laughs) Next up here. Offer void were prohibited, regulated, or restricted by law in a manner inconsistent with the purpose and rules hereof. Is it just us, or does Chris O'Donnell look a little butch as Robin? I mean, I guess it's the lack of pixie boots and the fact that he doesn't have bare legs, so they're saying he's butch, he's more masculine? Eh, We'll just take it that way, right? On to the next contest. Now this one we actually had to turn the magazine 90 degrees to read. This one says, drawn and quartered. Think your creation could cut it with Conan? This June, Conan slashes his way to two all-new monthly series, Conan and Conan the Savage, and you could be part of the carnage by drawing or verbally describing your image of the ultimate opponent for the battling barbarian. If yours is a cut above the rest, you could win these killer prizes. Grand prize? See your creation battle the Cimmerian himself on an upcoming Conan cover. You also win that original cover's artwork by Barry Crane, a one-year subscription to Conan, and to sign Conan number one. Second prize, a subscription to Conan plus a Conan number one signed by Barry Crane. There's also a drawing for 25 lucky winners to receive a Conan number one signed by Barry Crane. Just draw write your description on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. Fill out the coupon below and send both to the following address by July 30th, 1995. and interesting enough they're calling this the dark contest and remember like last issue we had the attack the dark or something contest where you also had to create a villain did they just like drop this in i i don't know because there's nothing about darkness in this Kodak contest so it almost feels like they copy and pasted something let's get into the legal text and it says in parentheses use a magnifying glass yeah i know wizard it's getting harder and harder for me not to strain my eyes to read this stuff Yeah, and as I suspected, since this is a Marvel-sponsored contest, there is actually no jokes in the fine print. Man, come on, Marvel. Oh no. Heavy metal. Hey, want to win the only cards on the planet that you could defend yourself with if somebody jumped you in an alleyway? But we don't suggest that you try it. The only cards that would let you signal for help on a deserted island? Hey, we tried it. The only cards that can cut through a tin can and still slice a tomato like butter? Then read on, true believer. Grand prize, one lucky winner brings home the bacon with a full set of Fleer Marvel Metal cards, plus an uncut sheet of limited edition Metal Blaster chase cards second prize, four people who are lucky enough to win something more than the third prize read nothing, but aren't quite lucky enough to score the big honky grand prize, walk away with an uncut sheet of those cool, limited edition Metal Blasters chase cards. So, I think you guys know how I feel about the Marvel Metal cards by this point. And honestly, This seems to be like the only possible way you could get a full set of Marvel Metal cards without spending hundreds of dollars in this era. (laughs) Like, you would have to win this contest and get it all. So of all the wizard contests that we have covered on these mini-episodes, this is the one I would probably go back in time and try to enter just for justice, right? Just so I didn't have to be so bitter about that set. All right, well, let's see what else they see here. So, who do you slip a five spot to so you can win? Nobody. That's only how we work on the price guide. Just kidding. What you gotta do here is go on a mini metal scavenger hunt, dig up the list of 10 items below and mail it all off to the address that's somewhere on this page. And there's Magneto there, you know, he's the master of magnetism, he controls metal. Search you fools, search! So this is the official mini metal scavenger hunt list a paperclip, a key, a set of 10 staples, a screw nut or bolt, a small ball bearing, back of an earring, a bobby pin, a soda can tab, a zipper... Or a grommet, that metal shoelace hole thingy. So after you've looted all the junk drawers in your house, put all that crap in an envelope or something, throw in the official mini metal scavenger hunt coupon below and mail it off to Fleer Metal Hunt Contest. Once we receive your entry, we'll throw it together with tons of other entries we receive, and Magneto and Polaris will randomly select the winners from the pile. Only those entries, with all ten of the listed items enclosed, will be eligible. You know, so get your detectors fired up and rollin'. So send in metal items to win Marvel metal cards. I guess that does make it kind of fun. Now here's what it says. Legal letters assembled in a manner that creates an immense block of nigh unreadable copy. You're telling me, Wizard. Alright, here we go. Contest is open to anyone except employees of Wizard Press, Fleer, their immediate families, and whoever invented the Pog. There's a special place in hell for you, fella. <laughs> Oh, and you're just bitter because all you ever got to produce was a GOP, wizard. You never actually put out official wizard pogs, even though you promised them. All right, here we go. Offer void were prohibited, regulated, or restricted by law in a manner inconsistent with the purpose and rules hereof. Never thought you'd see the word grammar used in a contest, huh? Eh. We didn't either. <laughs> All right, on to the next. I karumba Yes, it is Bartman on the page here, literally saying "I karamba." It is word balloon. Help Bart save the world. Hey, man. Want to help out your buddy Bart and win a shot at bringing home some great Simpsons stuff, like an animation cell and some signed comics? Then read on, because Wizard and Bongo Comics have one heck of a contest for you. Grand Prize One grand prize winner will walk off with a genuine animation cell from the Simpsons TV series. Second prize Ten grand prize wannabes take home a set of the first six issues of the Bartman comic book series signed by Simpsons creator Matt Groening himself. But to be eligible to get any of that stash, you got to help Bart come up with an excuse so he can slip out of class and become Bartman. And save the world, of course. In fact, you gotta whip up a whole Top 10 Excuses list. And if we judge your list to be the best, my funniest, bam, you win. After you're done putting that laugh-filled list together, fill out the official Bartman entry form below, attach it to the back of your Top 10 list, and mail the whole thing off to Bartman Top 10 Contest. Well, if you guys have seen any videos that I've done lately, or, you know, I've shown a few of these pictures of my retro room office here online, I have a Bartman entry Radioactive Man poster that came packed with a Simpsons comic I just for Christmas actually was given by Jason and Mickey of the Retro Network a genuine want to use that again a vintage Bartman notepad, like notepaper, but it has Bartman at the top. And he says, Watch it, dude. And it was from 1989, is the trademark, at least. So that is just such a cool thing. I love me some Bartman. I have the original Mattel action figure. And yeah, so this would have been one back in the day that I'm surprised I didn't enter. But here's what the legal stuff that none of you people would read, even if we paid you to do so, says. Contest is open to anyone except employees of Wizard Press, Bongo Comics, 20th Century Fox Film Corporation, their immediate families, and especially that graining fella. Next up here, it says, Offer void were prohibited, regulated, or restricted by law in a manner inconsistent with the purpose and rules hereof. Give a hoot. Don't pollute. Never be a dirty bird. Oh, I thought we'd get a more Springfield-specific type of uh, joke there, but hey, it's all good. On to the last contest. Now, this is fun here. This is the Cool Cat. Cats contest the wildcats toys are in a word cool so cool in fact that some are kind of hard to get your hands on that's where wizard and playmates come in just follow along and let us get them and you have ripclaw here not ripclaw warblade Play more! ripclaw warblade they started a comic together whoop-de-doo toys so grand prize, two mega-lucky winners each take the cake with a full set of playmates' Playmateses, that's a hard one to say, Wildcats action figure line featuring the five-inch Spartan, Maul, Zealot, Warblade, Hellspont, Grifter, and Daemonite, as well as a special collector's edition Wildcats comic from the 1995 Toy Fair, signed by the Cats creator Jim Lee. Hmm, that'd be a fun one to get your hands on. Second prize, two winners will walk off with the Playmates five-inch Wildcats figure and the 1995 Toy Fair collector's edition's issue, signed by Jim Lee. And the only thing you gotta do to win that neat stuff is fill out the official Wildcats entry coupon below and mail it off to the address down yonder. If you're one of the four random winners, we pick Whammo. You win Demats. I don't know what Demats is. Is that supposed to be like from that commercial about Mott's applesauce? Anyway, the crossover for me in Image Comics, aside from Gen 13, right? Like, I wasn't reading a whole lot of them back in the day. I definitely was aware of Wildcats the comic and the cartoon and everything. But the figures is where Jim Lee got me, because I was just like, the box art was amazing, the figures themselves were so detailed and nicely sculpted, like Playmates did a fantastic job there, so I actually did pick up a few of the figures back in the day, even though I wasn't a Wildcats fan, so they were just very, very cool. Alright, let's look at the Legalese! Contest is open to anyone except employees of Wizard Press, Playmates, Wildstorm Productions, their immediate families, and the jerkweeds up there in the government who make us print this legal crap month after Month after month, here we go again. Next one here: offer void. were prohibited, regulated, or restricted by law in a manner inconsistent with the purpose and rules hereof. And what kind of stupid word is hereof? Who came up with that freaking word? Well, so wizard is starting to get fed up, just like they had to do with like the top ten heroes and villains, the top ten comics that they had to write over and over again about the same things. They're just getting a little punchy. <laughs> But there you go, guys. There are Cap's kooky contests for this episode, and I will just tease a little bit to you. Uh, as we come up uh, on episode 48, you know, we left off on action figures here. We have a special guest. Ooh, yes, and he knows his toys from Toy Galaxy. It is the host, Dan Larson. So he is going to be coming on for episode 48, talking all about action figures, and of course, Wizard, the comics industry, his fandom, so I hope you're looking forward to that. But now. Now, how about a contest of our own? Yeah, it's been a little while since we gave anything away to you geeks, and especially those of you who listen to these mini-episodes, I feel like you deserve to be rewarded. So we are going to offer a special contest here, but let me give you a little bit of the origin of what was happening. So, Sean Ani, who is our guest on episode 46, along with Brian Cunningham, as you'll recall, was a comics retailer. He was also a toy dealer, and so he would get access to these special limited-edition toys or promotional toys, or whatever you want to call them, okay? And uh, it was a situation where he decided, because of our unique relationship with Rob Liefeld, he would give us a little gag gift and that is a limited edition profit action figure this was from extreme toys although it was saying that it was being produced by awesome comics and so this is to promote that awesome comics was yet again a new line of comics being offered by rob liefeld as publisher so what this is is this is an all white profit action figure okay i mean he looks very i don't know to me like it's these super Saiyan Prophet. You know, it's a very anime kind of look. It's got some Rob Liefeld art on the box. It's He's got a big old sword that he comes with. Yes, this is a collectible from 1997 that Sean had stored away. In fact, he says he has like 800 of them because they were not big sellers and nobody cared. But if you care, maybe you are one of those people that is anticipating the Prophet film starring Jake Gyllenhaal actually coming out. And if it actually comes out, the demand for unique profit action figures may just go up. Hmm. Well, if you want to take that chance, we're happy to oblige and we want to give you your very own all-white premium edition collector's profit action figure from Awesome Toys. So what do you have to do to win? We're pretty tough on Rob during all our episodes, and so we want you to come up with the greatest defense of Rob Liefeld. How would you explain his best accomplishment? How would you explain why he is seminal to comic books? What is the reason that Rob Liefeld needed to exist for the comic book medium to continue to move forward, for it to improve? What did he do that is just affected things in such a wonderful way? Whatever you think it is, you can make it a joke as well, but feel free to write that up. You know, just write us a paragraph. We don't want a single sentence, but write us a paragraph. Give us an explanation in your opinion why Rob Liefeld matters. And then we will read it on episode 49 when Michael comes back. Can you believe it? Michael's coming back to the show! And we will see which one he buys. That is to say, which of your ideas he agrees with. And he will be the judge and he will get this sent out to you. So there are two available white profit action figures coming your way if you could justify Rob Liefeld's existence in the world of comics to us. So go ahead and send that off to wizardscomicspod at gmail.com or if you prefer, you can DM your paragraph at wizardscomics on Twitter or wizards_comics underscore comics on Instagram. So good luck, guys, and uh, hey, maybe this will get us to turn a corner. Not likely. But now it's time for Robin's Reading Rainbow. So last issue, Wizard ran a Mr. Hero contest asking readers to draw up a new look for the character, and it really set me off into reading the series in a major way, and I'm glad I did. So for those who don't recall, Mr. Hero, the Pneumatic Man was a comic book published by Techno Comics, which advertised heavily in Wizard Magazine for about two years, with books that had science fiction celebrities such as Leonard Nimoy and Gene Roddenberry attached for marquee value. Mr. Hero was professed to have sprung from the mind of Neil Gaiman though he never wrote an issue of the comic which might be for the best as his style really never quite connected with me in the back of the first issue though Gaiman explains that he was excited to just create a world and let somebody else tell the stories with his ideas luckily Techno Comics hired three comic book pros to carry the concept forward writer James Vance penciler Ted Slampiak and inker Bob McLeod they are the team for the entire series and that consistency makes a huge difference difference. Of all the techno-comics offerings, Mr. Hero always stood out to me as the most interesting. And I picked up a few issues in Quarter Bins over the last year, and I was delighted by what I found. So Mr. Hero tells the story of an aspiring magician named Jenny who works at a Los Angeles Museum of Magic, as in like stage magicians or illusionists, who stumbles upon a crate labeled Mr. Hero. Inside she finds a muscular metal man or automaton from the Victorian era who she assembles and finds to have a unique set of skills, you know, after he rescues her from a group of commandos in high-tech camouflage suits. Yeah, they exist. There's also, you know, she gets attacked by a gang, he'll save her, like, there's a lot in the early days is him defending her. But to give you the rundown, Mr. Hero is steam-powered, so he has to have coal shoveled into his belly like a locomotive engine, but when he gets fired up, this guy is like a regular Schwarzenegger who can lift incredible weights, run fast, and fight with the best of them. I I would say if you need a visual reference for Mr. Hero, think Colossus from the X-Men mixed with TikTok the robot from Return to Oz. What makes Mr. Hero unique is that he has the attitude of a blue-collar British bricklayer talking with a Cockney accent but maintaining a chivalrous and respectful tone. He's just a nice fella, you know? And we learn that Mr. Hero was part of a magic act where he would box, like boxing volunteers from the audience, but he accidentally broke someone's jaw and so he was packed away for hundreds of years. What's strange though is that Mr. Hero is more than a robot. He seems to have a soul and he's also missing his left hand. So where could it be? Well, the big bad of this book is a bipedal dinosaur in a suit named the Technophage who rules a dimension called Caligul and keeps Mr. Hero's hand as a pet. Kind of like Thing from the Adams Family. He's like a reptilian Mr. Burns malevolently plotting the corruption of an overthrow of Earth's society like a proper gentleman through operatives he's set up in our dimension he runs it all like a business but he ruthlessly disposes of his lackeys when they fail him. I could totally see this guy being like a Jim Henson creature puppet voiced by Alan Rickman if they had made a live-action series. Most importantly, though, the Technophage is a delightfully sinister lizard lord who has a history with our metal protagonist, which we find out as the story progresses. So more about that in a minute. The most fun part of the story for me, though, is the relationship that Mr. Hero has with Jenny. She's just a great character. She's ambitious, she's clever, she's funny, she's headstrong, she's fearless. She's also uh, a little bit self-centered and just kind of uses the men in her life to her own ends, which is what she feels is necessary to achieve her dreams. Jenny is a redhead, but she's drawn more cute than like a va-va-voom Mary Jane type, you know, which really helps the reader to focus on her personality and realize that she is the brains behind this operation. Or... Is she? You see, because one wild development in issue three is the arrival of the ratiocinella, the ratiocinene, the ratiosinator? Yeah, don't ask me what it means. I can't even pronounce it. Which is, in the simplest terms, Mister Hero's smart head. Yes. Yeah, so Mister Hero can change heads and also personalities. So whereas the original head is humble and just knows how to follow orders, the ratiocinator can think logically formulate plans and is very critical of those he sees as less intelligent with a stuffy attitude and he's always smoking a pipe just like a fancy pant jenny doesn't like this version of mr hero very much at all she can't even say his name so i don't feel bad but he seems to get the job done often formulating a solution and then asking the head to be switched out for the grunt work to be done by the dullard, as he calls his other self. Now, the radiosinator head is delivered by a guy named Adam Kane, who is, yes... Cain from the Bible. He sports, you know, the mark of Cain on his face and he's forced to walk the earth. He's got this walking stick, he does a little bit of magic. But as a result, he knows a lot about the history of the world and the truth about various threats to humanity. So he knows all about Mr. Hero, though the metal man has no memory of his own history prior to being in that magic show in the Victorian era. With Adam Cain joining the group though, the Dullard, who we learned is actually named Primus, a request that they go on a quest to find his hand, thinking it's in England where he was assembled. He doesn't realize he was assembled in another dimension. So in each issue, we check in with the Lizard Lord of Caligul who wishes to retrieve Mr. Hero because the Technophage is the one who actually built him. Turns out Mr. Hero is what is called a Mercurius unit, and building a new and more powerful Mercurius unit kind of suit, the Technophage sends it off to attack Mr. Hero, and he is severely damaged in subduing his attacker. So Adam Kane takes the group to some friends that he knows that are all about magic and engineering, where a new body is built using the surviving pieces of the evil robot, but after Mr. Hero is revived and his essence is transferred into this other robot, Jenny has PTSD from the attack and she has a hard time accepting her companion in the body of a machine that tried to kill her, which really creates some interesting character dynamics and a new wrinkle to their relationship. Now, interestingly, Techno Comics uses this development in the story to involve readers and invites them to vote on whether or not they want the Victorian or the modern model to be the look going forward for this book's title character. So, the main difference is that the Victorian model has a big metal mustache and an insignia on the chest that literally reads, Mr. Hero. Kind of like something you'd see on the grill of a car. While the new model is clean shaven, so to speak, and totally smooth in the torso, maybe a little bit bigger than the original body, also just in the musculature and its ability to do things. Uh, When the results come in, though, the readers declare that the Victorian body design should return, so they like the classic look. Now, the next fascinating development is when Jenny finds a boatload of cash deposited into her bank account by a mysterious source and deciding to just accept her good fortune starts living the good life while financing the trip to follow the clues that are going to lead to finding Mr. Hero's hand. But unbeknownst to Jenny, the money is revealed to have been donated by the technophage who says that he is using it as a means to corrupt Jenny with wealth and pride. And since she had been a poor street performer doing grunt work in a magic museum, the allure of Big Bucks quickly begins to turn her into something of a prima donna. It's ideas like this I think that really add entertaining dramatics and thought-provoking conversation to the stories. But another funny plot twist is in issue 7, the technophage operative that's on Earth he brainwashes two men that he imbues with superpowers into thinking that they are superheroes in the mold of 90s Image Comics characters. They call themselves Deadbolt and Bloodboil, and the dialogue has some not-so-subtle references to the work of the Image founders. So, for example, Bloodboil here. Verily to the max, thou lamoid savage dragon spawn, though thou fight like wildcats, thou bunch of posers, I'll boil your young blood with one mighty death blow. You know, so got a lot of character names in there right there. The other thing that's kind of interesting is the fact that, you know, Trent Canuga who we just talked about in episode 47, he said that his original tights and cape character he created before Creed was called Deadbolt. So it's kind of weird. This character is called Deadbolt. Like, is there a connection? Is that just a common superhero name people came up with? I don't know. It's kind of sounds like a stupid superhero name to me. I think that's supposed to be like a play on Deadpool, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, those guys are set out to capture Mr. Hero as if he's a super villain and hilarity ensues. There's just a lot more goofiness with those guys, so that's a fun issue. But there's even another story where they meet up with a female counterpart to Mr. Hero who tries to kind of seduce him to stay with her, and instead of changing heads, her deal is she passes her heart around to different bodies that perform various functions, like there's a nurse body and so that body can, you know, repair Mr. Hero and stuff like that. It's pretty interesting. She actually claims to have been his companion in the past, but is jealous of Jenny and there's all this interplay that goes on, so it's kind of a fun little one-off tale They end up just leaving her there. She doesn't become part of the team. But just to wrap up here, I read 15 issues of Mr. Hero, and I think I'll just go ahead and finish up the series, because really, it's that good. The thing about it is each issue introduces new information that builds on previous stories, but also stands alone as an adventure where the characters actually progress in their relationship, taking time to just have interesting conversations where the dialogue is fresh, and it is also very distinct to each character, which, you know, is an important thing to me in comics, that there's a distinction between everybody. They're not all wiseacres, they're not all, you know, super intense killers, or whatever it's gonna be, you know? Like, just the fact that you can get a little bit from this person, a little bit from this person, you know what to expect. And also, like I said, the consistent creative team is the real key to the success of this series. I mean, the art is just beautiful throughout. It's not flashy, just very solid layouts and character designs. I mean, I can't recommend this book enough. It's just, I think it's a gem that was definitely overlooked. Uh, So I say, if you see Mr. Hero, the pneumatic man in the discount bins, pick up as many as you can find. It'll probably only cost you like two or three bucks in the long run, but it's just great, great stuff. I recommend it. But speaking of great stuff, Let's get on to the next segment. Here's the thing. I mentioned this last time. It was a little bit of tease on the main episode that the top... 10 comics list, actually again, they just don't want to write about the same comics over and over again, so what did they do? They changed it to the top 13 comics, and said this. Well, we've been bellyaching for the last 6 months or so about having to write about Gen 13 every month, since that book is always playing King of the Hill, but this month will be different. Them kooky wildstorm fellas kicked off the debut of the new ongoing Gen 13 series by slapping no less than 13 different covers on that bad boy. Needless to say, they're all pretty hot, and we're taking a vacation. So enjoy the and we'll be back next month with the regularly scheduled top 10. Yeah, so literally this is just all of the 13 variant covers that were available for Gen 13 number 1. As I've mentioned in the past I was able to pick up the Portfolio Edition which is like these prints of the covers that are not, you know, attached to the actual comic. The one detail I don't know if I mentioned this or not but the way that I found it was actually I had done an article for the Retro Network about the best gimmicks of the 90s and in that i found all the covers for gen 13 number one and i put them together in a collage so i just kind of got nostalgic one day i was searching around ebay and i found a listing for this portfolio that i never knew existed right like i always wanted the comics but you got to pay a lot for each individual one and so i was like wow there's a portfolio that just has all the art that'd be great and i looked through the listing and i was like wait a minute that's my collage that I made for my article on the Retro Network about this gimmick. (laughs) And so I contacted the guy that was uh, offering this portfolio and I said, hey, uh, what do you think about giving me a little bit of discount since you actually were advertising using the collage that I created? You know, I sent him the link and everything and he was happy to oblige. He gave me a little bit of a discount and I got those in my hands. The postscript to that is that when I got them, I bought individual frames for each one. I had a, full display you know i shared it on social media with you guys and then you know some of these are a little bit risque right you know there's like a victoria's secret catalog style one there's the uh janet jackson rolling stone cover parody and uh you know my kids have been known to come into my office from time to time. I thought I hid it well enough behind the door. So it's just for me, you know, that nostalgia. But they found it. They were appalled. They told my wife. And thus, they have been returned to the portfolio envelope and put in a log box. <laughs> anyway, just thought that was a little fun interlude. But that does it for this edition of Wizards Half. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for keeping an eye on the podcast. Yeah, looking for all the news that we have coming your way. If you have suggestions for the podcast, feel free to send them our way. We've actually gotten some great listener ideas like, hey, why don't you have Dan Larson on the podcast because he talked about you on the Toy Galaxy YouTube channel. Hey, that's a great idea. So we invited him. Sometimes we're a little shy about reaching out to people, but you guys give us the encouragement. Or if you just have an idea for a segment you'd love to see come back or one that you think should be created. All these are great ideas and they are welcome. Of course, we really appreciate all of you who have taken the time to give us some reviews on Apple Podcasts and if you have any other way of sharing the show or you just want to support us, don't forget we do have a Tee Public store. You want to buy some shirts? I will tell you this, it has nothing to do with the money we get from selling a shirt or a mug or what have you on Tee Public. We get like two or three bucks. It's really not a high profit margin for us. What it does mean though is that you are wearing a shirt out and about and people are hearing about Wizards, maybe it starts a conversation. Maybe you're telling people what we're doing right. And so that would be exciting for us just to know that you're out there promoting and helping us to grow the audience. But of course, we have many more issues to cover, much more excitement to come. But in the meantime, keep your books bagged and boarded.